Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Here we go, MEMSPA Community of Principles podcast. Here we go again. This is uh, your host, Ben Gilpin, and I am jazzed up and excited for today's episode. A couple things as we bring the Community of Principles back to you. Remember, this is season four, and the whole meaning behind it is hashtag better together. Uh, Today, we are going to dive into how we can be better together. Quick little update, though. You know, we've gotten through Valentine's Day. We're heading towards reading month. And this is also that time of year where our colleagues, our colleagues could use a little boost. And so whether it's through a Twitter chat, whether it's through sending out a card, whether it's picking up the phone and sending a message, how can you be a better colleague to our MEMSPA friends? I I challenge all of us, lift somebody up, make their day because hashtag better together. And with that segue, we are going to get into this one today. I've got with me two just rock stars in MEMSPA, and I'm going to introduce first, Dietra Fields. Welcome, Dietra. Hello, hello. How are you? Fantastic. Tell us a little bit of where you currently at. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I am in Carmen Ainsworth, which is right outside of Flint, Michigan. My school is Dye Elementary. I have approximately 500 students, been a part of MEMSPA for many, many years, but now recently in the role of diversity, equity, and inclusion co-chair, and I also represent Region 10. Awesome. Well, welcome, Dietra. This is going to be great. And we've got also with us, Michael Johnson. Michael, welcome. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for the warm welcome, Dietra. It's always a pleasure to be in your, your company. Uh, Michael Johnson, I serve as the principal of Carpenter Elementary School, which is seated in the Ann Arbor Public School District. This is my 17th year in education. I am uh, a member of Region 2. There's no one greater. You know, we are just Region 2. And I happen to be the other co-chair for diversity, equity, and inclusion, along with Principal Fields. Well, you too. This is going to be great. And I've been looking forward to this conversation. And I'm just going to throw it out there, um, Community of Principles podcast people. The challenge was given by these two. Let's go deep with this conversation. Kind of kind of like an Adolph Brown would say, let's be real. Let's be right? real. Let's yeah. be real. Right. So we're going to dive right in, though. And and how did the two of you meet? Ooh, Deetra, that that's all you on that one. That That is true. Actually, we met at a MEMSPA event. It was at a dinner with one of our partners. And I always recommend going to those dinners because it is a great opportunity for networking. It's an opportunity to not just talk about the business at hand, but to actually get to know people. I believe there were probably about 10 or 15 of us at the table We've made some connections with those partners that have lasted over the years, but the two of us have continued to stay in touch from that dinner. We've talked work. We've solved uh, many problems of the world, and um, <laughs> we've found a lot out about each other and our families. It's It was a great opportunity to get to know each other. Does that add up, Michael? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Dietra has made me a, a better person, a better educator, and uh, also a better father. She 
has uh, two wonderful children, and I have three. And I am a, a, a girl dad to a seven-year-old. So all of these things that I didn't know prior because I have two sons, uh, she's helping me out a lot. So good, a good person to bounce some ideas off of. That's fantastic. Okay, so let's let's get into some to some of the real of it. Now we wanted to see how you two got together and how you met. And as you both stated, you're co-chairs with the diversity, equity, inclusion piece, and that's a that's a pretty much a newer position at MEMSPA. And I think it ties in. This is and to me, there's no greater time than right now to influence that change. In the last 12 months, I know you two have seen it. I know I've seen it with my own eyes. We've got a country, we've got a state that is divided in so many ways. And probably the number one way that you both see, and I know I see is racially. We, we've got Black Lives Matter. We've got, you know, we've got so many ways that our country is the divided states. If this season is about better together, tell me, tell me you two, what is dividing us? Michael, would you like to start? Ben, I think you hit it. You hit it right off. You you said that race is something that is plaguing the understanding of of people being able to understand and comprehend perspective. And anytime that you allow something to get in the way of uh, of having a profound impact because of the color of one's skin, that means that we're not ready to have those courageous conversations. It means that we're not ready to take off our mask. It means that we're not ready to accept what it means to have non-closure in a, in a particular situation, all because of race. But when you say better together, that means that times can get better if we challenge ourselves enough. And the only way, or one of the key ways to do that is by having conversation. As an educator, there is always a time for you to have a conversation. I think there's the only way that you can't uh, be a part of the change is when you are afraid to have that conversation. And we talk a little bit about this and we hide behind plans most of the time. There's not a district in the state of Michigan who doesn't have an equity plan, but does your equity plan outline and discuss race? When you're having these strategic plans, when you're talking about your school improvement plan, does it say equity or does it say race? And if it only says equity, then when do we have the opportunity to talk about race? We have to be at a point as educators and as individuals where we can have those type of conversations, not only amongst the staff, but in your own family environment. Our kids are talking about it. When you say Black Lives Matter, it's not necessarily the the 40 plus year olds who are leading that movement. It's our children. It's our teenagers. It's our, our millennials who are taking the charge and saying something has to be done. We're looking at movements that include women not being treated fairly. The time is now. Better together? I only want it if we're all in it together. Well, I so excellently put, Michael, one of the things that has been extremely beneficial through our MEMSPA group is having this conversation and being able to have it openly. The first thing, the first step is to have it. And as a group, we need to be able to equip not only ourselves as leaders of a building, but to equip our staffs with the tools to have the communication, to guide that with our students. It can be scary. It can be a a tough conversation to be had, but it, it needs to be had because like Michael said, our kids are talking about it. 
And so this generation is the TikTok group. I would rather have them get conversation and guidance from professional adults than what their peers are giving them on TikTok. Absolutely. Okay. So has there been a time, I mean, both of you as Black educators, has there been a time that you have have felt like you've had to downplay that? Is there a time that you've felt like you, you've been kind of pinpointed or, or separated or scrutinized unfairly because you're Black educators? Well, what I say, um, I just recently presented to our whole district. And to start that off is to say, I compare it to a student with autism, which is easy. You've heard many times, if you know one student with autism, you know one student with autism, and every situation doesn't fit. Every fix doesn't fit. So having one Black female on diversity, equity, and inclusion, or one Black male doesn't mean that I represent or I speak for the entire population. And sometimes that can be daunting. But um, aside from having to say that, uh, truly, personally, uh, it hasn't had that much of a negative impact. And I just like to say, you know, I've been blessed. I've, I've been truly blessed in having the way paved because I know that's not the case for so many. But to have one person represent a people is unfair. So to think that anything that I say or, or Michael says represents all of us is truly uncharacteristic and un- unfair. That is absolutely correct, Beecher. Thank you for, for sharing it in that way. My experience has been very similar, but I've also had uh, been fortunate enough for people to get to know me as a person. So when they come up to me, they're not saying that, oh, that's Black Michael. They're not saying, oh, that's the Black principal from Carpenter Elementary School. They're saying, oh, that's Michael, who happens to be the principal at Carpenter Elementary School. Is he Black? I didn't even know that he was Black. But it, it has a lot to do with something that Deitra has helped uh, not only myself, but also our board of directors realize is the power of relationships, the power of relationships. While I don't represent the entire race of being Black or being a male educator or being a father of three, I do have perspective. And that's what we need to get comfortable with, Ben, is that you can have a conversation with Deitra, you can have a conversation with Carmen, you can have a conversation with myself or even Jeremy, our past uh, president, and all of those stories are going to be different, but they're going to be relevant. They're going to have some type of value to it if you're open to it. That's the difference. You have to leverage your social capital to include as many perspectives as you can if you're trying to seek a different lens, if you're trying to develop a deeper understanding of why things are the way that they are. Deidre comes from a totally different background than what I do, and I can relate. I come from something totally different than what uh, some people would say, and, and our conversations have been so different. Those are some of our similarities and differences, but there's a respect there because we've given ourselves the opportunity to gain perspective on one another. Absolutely. Well, so Rand Miller, who is a writer for Ed Week, recently in the last year or so, he put out an article, and statistically it said only 2%, 2% of the teaching force are black males. 2% of the teaching force are black males. I know personally, I feel like that's a problem. I mean, what would you two say? Absolutely. 100% absolutely. First, as a, as a building principal, as an educator, you have the task of making sure that all of your children have 
the ability to be in front of a highly qualified teacher. Okay. And then that person should also care about them. Now, when you are in working with HRS and working with your other team of colleagues trying to hire people, you're looking for the absolute best fit. And that person just may or may not be a minority. If they are not a minority in some type of way, then they should also have the ability to relate to your students or relate to those who make up your community of schools. Now, being a male, teach, uh, male educator myself in my particular building, I have two African-American males, one at kinder and one at fifth. We call them bookends. At every grade level, Ben, every grade level, there is at least one minority teacher. That's important to me. They're not all African-American. We have some who are uh, Hispanic. We have some who are from Korea. We have some from all parts of the world because that is the makeup of our community. And that's perspective. I don't want, as, as Dietrich was saying earlier, I don't want your only perspective to come from social media. I want you to be able to hear someone say something derogatory or something uh, that's not correct or something that causes pause. And you say, well, wait a minute. I happen to know a person who's from uh, Europe where I have, I know someone from Saudi Arabia and that was not my experience. But now we have to create that situation, Ben, where they feel comfortable speaking up, not just hearing it, but actually saying something about it. Was that, Dietrich, what would you say along the same lines of that uh, 2%? Well, one of the things that I know from past practice in hiring is that people typically hire a reflection of themselves. And when you don't have a diverse hiring board, then often your opportunities are limited and not out of any maliciousness. It just is what it is. People are typically comfortable with who they know or what what they know. I think the beauty of Ann Arbor is its diversity and to be able to have that population to draw from where in so many other situations you don't have that same resource or same uh, pool to draw from. Um, I would love to have the diversity that Michael has at his building. I would say for me and several of the other schools that I've been to, where I have been the only professional minority, and that is a whole different uh, look in a building when you're the only. I think that's got to be, I mean, that's a hard spot for me to be in. I I can do my best to try to understand that. But I don't know if I've ever been in that position. And so that's that's where I try to put on the lens of a learner. And that kind of leads into my next one, Dietrich. And, I, and I, how about we start with you on this one? When you think about your story, your story, what would you want to tell other leaders about your story? Because in some way, shape, or form, I bet some people are going through similar things that you've gone through. What would you want to tell them? Well, I'll tell you something that I heard recent, recently through uh, colleagues, and there was a African-American female colleague that was struggling at work and um, approached her boss, her principal, and said, you know, I'm really struggling here with the staff members just not being receptive of my presence. And the uh, principal pretty much downplayed it and didn't have an understanding for there's trouble in River City, just thinking that, you know, these are all good people, we all get along, we're all friendly, but not having an understanding of what a different person coming to the situation is experiencing. So 
for that, I would say for other people listening to be receptive and to not take offense if someone is saying things aren't as they should be. For me personally, it has been, I said, my path has been paved and it's been a very uh, blessed situation coming up. But I know that's not the same for everyone. I, I know that's not the same for all of my colleagues. So in sharing my story, my story's been pretty good. And I, I could smile every day coming to education when other things aren't going right. Coming here and doing this is what's right for me. But I know that's not the case everywhere. You know, Deetra, part of your story, though, is having the courage to talk. And, and that is something that not everyone has. And so I, I applaud you for, for being willing to have the conversation and being, being on the leading edge um, as a co-chair. Michael, what about your story? How would, what would you want to tell your colleagues, leaders around the state, around the nation? My, my story is one that runs deep with me, with my roots, with my, my maternal grandmother. I grew up in a single parent household, it was my mother and my brother and I. And my mother had to work at uh, General Motors. She was the only person in the house that worked. And um, she worked the second shift. That's the three until 11 o'clock. So that meant that I went to school and our paths would cross for a couple of minutes. And then my grandmother was responsible for making sure that my brother and I did our homework. I was in uh, 10th grade before I realized that my grandmother was illiterate. I did not know. And the only thing that she knew how to do was to uh, write her name. But every day she would ask me, did you finish your homework? And I would say, yes, ma'am. And she would say, well, tell me, tell me about it. And I remember running it down to her as though she was sitting at this kitchen table with me right now. And I did not know that she did not know anything of what I was talking about. But she knew that if I was going to be successful and go to a place called college that she heard of, that that was going to be important. My mother raised us and she raised us to be the best people that we could be. I was in second grade. And I had a teacher, Miss Cross, ask me, what did I want to be when I grew up? And I had listened to the other kids in the classroom say that they wanted to be doctors and lawyers and police officers and all that fun stuff. And when it came to my turn, Ben, I said, I just wanted to be successful. And she said, well, what does that mean? I said, at anything that I give my all to, I just want to be successful. That's what I want to be. So to all the people out there across the nation, when you're asking little girls and little boys, what do they want to be? Allow them to use their voice. Allow them to go on whatever you think that they should be. Throw that out the window, whatever they say. Because right now, as Deetra and I have spoken about it, I'm successful according to me because I, I get a chance to be who I am every single day, knowing that I'm having the type of impact that was put in front of me to have. If you give me the opportunity to get to know me, it is my belief that I will change your life in a positive way. Maybe it's something I say, maybe it's an experience that we have had, maybe it's something that we share, or maybe you have the opportunity to teach me, to grow me. But with my story, with your story, with everyone's story, the most important part is that people feel like they can share their story, that there is a, a listening ear. I don't want to be the expert for Black people or even a Black male educator. What I want to do is have the opportunity to have you listen to me to say, huh, how can I relate to that? Or let me push back a little bit and, and let's help grow the situation. When we're thinking about Black Lives Matter, it's not only Black people out there. It's not. We have a lot of different people that represent a whole lot of different races and cultures who are fighting for equality for all people. 
That's what we need to focus on. That before black black lives can matter, black voices have to matter. Things have to change because we want them to change for everybody. No, it's 2021. Dietra, it is 2021. I'm getting old out here, okay? We should not have this same conversation in 2031, 2041. I hope to still be here in 2051. But if we did, then we didn't do it right. And sometimes as uh, we're kind of elder statesmen in education, it's almost time for us to move away, move aside and listen more and use our social capital to help propel those who have that energy to say, let's go ahead and do this. Let's go. Right now, we talked a little bit before we got on, we are teaching 100% virtually. If you would have asked anyone 10 years ago, if we would even think about doing this, the answer was, what are you talking about? Absolutely not. We were still Skyping. We were literally still Skyping 15 years ago. We don't even talk about Skype now. We are doing things now that don't exist. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could be better together by doing things that we've never, ever done before because it was right for all people? Absolutely. Michael, what I wanted to say is you've, in our conversations, we've talked about growing and Mm. never too old to grow. And you remind me of that all the time. And one of the things I think about um, with my story and as we talk about race, I often don't really share my story because it's not what people expect to hear. When we talk about racism and we talk about disadvantage and we talk about poor, people often tie that together with race. But when that's not your story, where does that leave you in this racial conversation? That's right. Oh, Which is often where we've struggled, where if I talk about my story, well, I remember kindergarten report card, my teacher said I was going to be a teacher because whenever she left the classroom, I had control of the class. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> but growing sight beyond sight. <laughs> growing up with uh, my parents and being and having a lot of opportunities, I often don't share that when we're talking about our story because it's not what people expect. People would expect that you're having um, racial issues if you're coming from poverty. We often tie poverty and race relations together when that's truly not the case. You can experience racism at all different levels, no matter what your story is. But through these conversations, through these relationships, and one of the things, I don't want to say feel like I'm a MEMSPA cheerleader because I'm on the board, but I truly am. I've met so many different people that add to my story and add value to my life and through profession just by having these conversations and being able to talk about race and talk about how do you have that conversation with your family at school? It's a powerful platform to grow from. 100%. Okay, you two, we got time for one more. So as we've stated, as you both have very eloquently stated as well, this season is about that hashtag better together. And so if you had one point, one point to leave people with, how do we take this conversation? How do we take this and create real change? What's the next step? What would the one thing that you'd want people to say, this is where we start with? I would say the very first thing is to start introducing yourself. 
not your title, not your position. Walk up to someone that's at our next mentor conference. I'm going to speak into existence. It will be in person. It will be face-to-face. And do what Derek Whedon did to me. I, I was at our annual conference, and uh, I was in that huge Grand Traverse resort, and I was looking around, and he said, hey, my name is Derek Whedon. And I said, hello. He said, are you? And I said, my name is Michael Johnson. And he said, how can I help you? And I said, this is my very first time at the conference. I don't know what to do. He said, come on, I'll show you. And then along with trying to go get uh, ourselves registered or myself registered, we met a couple of other people. If you don't know Derek Wheaton, he is a person that you would want to know. He will change your life. Uh, And I am also a proud member of Cohort 6 of Leadership Matters because it was the best cohort ever. I mean, oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And you and, put a lot of plugs in on this one. <laughs> hey, you know, that's what we do. <laughs> Build the relationships. Build the relationships. And and he, uh, along the way of trying to go get registered, uh, we met uh, several other people. And from moment one, he just said, hey, this is my new friend, uh, Michael Johnson. He's from Ann Arbor. This is such and such. And just like that, I got an opportunity to meet people who were going to have an impact on my life just because I was there. They they saw me and gave me an opportunity to, to change their lives. So I would say if we really want to do change, if we really, really want change, allow people to get to know who you are by introducing yourselves to them. And long way with that is there should not be anything that's off limits if you're truly coming from a place of trying to understand and gain perspective. I am never going to not talk about race or not talk about equity or or tell you how I truly feel about something. How you take that is how you take that. Maybe that's your opportunity to grow. Ask me those things. Ask me about how uh, things look like in my household when the kids don't do the chores. I'll tell you. And you'll realize very quickly, it looks the same way at my house. But you would never do that if you're not open enough to share. Well said. Deetra, what would be your one thing? My one thing would actually be quite similar because I was, as Michael was talking, my person is Mickey Berg. And if you know Mickey, she's got a heart uh, that's huge and good as gold. Who was that person that said, hey, who are you here with? This one particular conference that I wasn't with my people, they, they didn't come, who took me in and said, hey, you want to go out to eat with us? You want to go have a drink? Sure. Breaking bread with people opens up lots of conversation. I think just by beginning the conversation, having the talk with someone, and when I say the talk, not necessarily the racial talk, but having an understanding of this is what we're doing at my school, this is what we're doing at my home, just being receptive to any kind of conversation with someone who's different from you opens up doors and and breaks barriers down. And that's what we have to do is be receptive to having a conversation, seeing each other for who we are, seeing each other for who we aren't, accepting our differences. You know, I do see color. We should see color because that's who I am. And I'm proud of all of those pieces of me. I want to understand you and I want you to understand me so that we can grow in a true friendship. And through a true friendship, we can make a difference all over this world. You too. This has been excellent. You know, it's people, as you listen to this episode, social injustice, racial inequity, these are real things that we are faced with in our world, in our state, in our communities. And, you know, Dietra, Michael, I am just, I'm, I'm proud to know the two of you. 
I am beyond thankful that um, we had this conversation because in a lot of ways, this will start the conversation. This will open that door. This will get people talking. And I believe it should. And so I, I appreciate the two of you for having having the desire to join me and have, uh, as Adolph Brown would say, real talk. Real talk. Yep. You two make me better. And I am I am really pleased to, to be able to say in season four, hashtag better together. It has been an honor having the two of you on here. So thanks again. Uh, everyone else, as you listen to this episode, keep the conversation going. The conversation doesn't stop here. It continues. So keep that conversation going. Thanks, you two. Thank you. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.